Welcome to the Huawei, a podcast about all things recruitment and a chance for you to get to know us here at Wow Recruitment a little better. Every month, I, your host Viv Edwin, will have a different guest on here and together we will jump into topics all concerning around recruitment. So why not join us on this journey and find your own recruitment happiness? So welcome to another episode of the Huawei. Now today, this is a really special episode because this is going to be our final episode of the first season. Today, I'm joined by Josh Sharp, who is a senior consultant for all of us here at WOW Recruitment. Now, Josh was one of the first consultants to be promoted internally from a standard consultant into his current position of senior consultant. Now, Josh specializes in the sales and marketing area. And I would really suggest that anyone who isn't familiar with Josh, follow him on LinkedIn because he's known for having witty posts that have funny banter and really good insights into the recruitment industry. Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for hosting me, Viv. This is a first for me. It's very exciting um, and happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Before we jump in, is is this your first podcast recording? It is indeed, yeah. I've never, I've never been recorded knowingly on a, on a, <laughs> any kind of podcast. So, amazing. Yes, well, exciting. Thank you for being here, and you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have lots of fun. So, I mean, like the first thing I always ask everyone because obviously we're a recruitment uh, podcast, so it, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't asking about the recruitment industry. So, what is it that got you into recruitment? Oh, so, I mean, I guess technically my recruitment journey started many moons ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, when I kind of just come out of university and I came over to Australia for the first time. I initially got into sales. Uh, That's kind of my first proper job out of university. I used to do door-to-door sales. And from doing that, I was, I guess, exposed to recruitment in a way as we started to build our own sales and marketing teams and we had to do like our own adverts and do like our own outreach and you know kind of recruit our own team so that was kind of my first exposure to it but officially uh, my agency experience started just under four years ago now it kind of happened I guess classic story you know everyone just kind of falls into this industry <laughs> somewhere <laughs> or another very and, true. Um, and it's very similar for me um, one person did say about seven years ago when I was out in the field uh, selling my my products, that uh, I should try recruitment. And I kind of always had it in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something here. And then subsequently, you know, a couple of years later, I got into it. And, and here we are, four years in the game officially. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. That's amazing. Because I, I was going to ask you how if, like, your recruitment journey has been influenced by the fact that you've traveled across continents. But would more than that, like I'm kind of more intrigued by the fact that you have done door to door sales. Like, would you say like that actually like set you up really well to be a recruiter? I'd say yes and no. Um, Yes, in the standpoint of it built my communication skills. Um, It it allowed me to deal with adversity, rejection from from quite early on in my career. However, the differences with door to door and recruitment, I guess you don't have to worry about, you know, being chased by a dog. Uh, when you sit in the office <laughs> at, at your keyboard or, you know, having somebody angry run down the street and, uh, and chase you, uh, which has happened. Uh, you don't have to worry about adverse weather conditions as well, which uh, is, is always nice um, because there's been a few storms back then. But I guess, yeah, the communication skills side was certainly something that helped me with recruitment. I was very introverted and shy when I came out of university and that kind of helped me a lot with that. 
on the flip side, there's a lot of organization and, and administration. You ha- I didn't even really know how to construct a proper email uh, when I got into <laughs> recruitment four years ago because I'd never had to do it. It was all face-to-face. It was all, everything was done on pen and paper or like very, very minimal even usage of a computer. So yeah, yeah even little stuff like that, I had to learn along the way. Um, and that element is different. You know, you have to be super organized. Um, you kind of have to plan your weeks. You have to be quite thorough. And um, with sales, it was a little bit more kind of open. You just go out there with a good attitude and speak to as many people as you possibly can. And and you're going you're to hit your goals. But with recruitment, it's a lot more strategic, especially now, like even in the four years I've been in it, it's changed so much in, yeah. in four years from when I started in the UK. So yeah, I would definitely say the strategic side and the planning side has certainly been a bit of a challenge. But yeah, it's a bit of both, a bit of both. Incredible. I am I also apologize for laughing at the fact that you were chased by a dog. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Multiple, was... multiple times, actually. Um, ironically, my, my nickname, obviously, at school and stuff was Sharpie uh, when I was playing football and stuff like that. Yeah. And I actually got bit by a Sharpay dog, which oh, was well, they... quite ironic. <laughs> Yeah. There so you there you go. <laughs> well, it's it's um, funny that you mentioned earlier as, uh, how none of us actually jump into recruitment willingly, or you know, we're all we're all kind of thrown into it. On our very first podcast episode, I had Emily. Did you say? Did you say willingly? <laughs> willingly <laughs> forced you into it. You held a gunpoint, and like, you've got to get into recruitment. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yes. <laughs> So yes, going back. So with uh, with our first uh, podcast episode, I did one with Emily, who is, as you know, is the co-founder of Wow. And even she has an yep. amazing story where, you know, it's not like jumped into recruitment. It was it wasn't the plan A. It was just something that that comes across. And, and I don't think I've ever met anyone in the industry who is just like, you know, finished school and went, I'm going to be a recruiter. That's that's what I want to <laughs> do, you know? Yeah. So where I'm going with this is going to say, because because we all kind of, you know, it is something that we all kind of evolved into as opposed to choosing. What do you think like some of the common misconceptions and reservations about the recruitment industry are before you jumped in? To be honest, before I jumped in, I knew very, very little about it. I just kind of applied for a couple of jobs. And the first one that came back to me, I started in and, and there wasn't a lot of strategic planning behind what market I wanted to get in or like who I'd be talking to or because I didn't even know. I didn't understand that you you have, you know, a two-sided marketplace between client and candidate. I didn't even think about this stuff. I just thought it was, you know, you get a you go and find people jobs. That's literally all I really thought it was. So I guess misconceptions is how like kind of skilled and strategic you have to be with um, the way you talk to clients and and the way you conduct yourself with candidates. Um, I don't think people who are who've not been in recruitment they don't they only see it from the outside in, so they don't really always understand what goes on behind the scenes. And a lot of the time, you're kind of like a, a duck on water. You know, the duck kind of looks like it's just cruising on the water, but underneath your legs are going absolutely crazy because you're just trying to coordinate all of these variable things that are happening on a daily daily basis and trying to make the process as smooth as possible. Yeah. Um, so again, I guess the biggest misconception would be finding people, it was just finding people jobs because it's so much more than that. You know, there's so many elements to it, to recruitment. Yeah, definitely. I could not I could not agree with you more with having like, you know, misconceptions and kind of learning recruitment on the go. What do you think some of your biggest mistakes were when you started? 
Um, how far down the rabbit hole can we go here? Because I've made I've made some serious howls, <laughs> especially in my first in my first six well, months. Let's just <laughs> so. nothing nothing that incriminates you. <laughs> so let's just. <laughs> I, okay. I do enjoy working well, look, with you and I'd like to keep that going. So nothing that again. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's 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 keep it away from that. I would say, like, let's start with the with the low-level mistakes. <clears throat> I would say a classic mistake that I made in recruitment, and I think many have, is uh email emailing people with the wrong name is a is a classic, <laughs> especially from the early days. Yep. Um certainly when I first started. I very much thought that, oh, I'll just send out as many messages as possible because that's what I was kind of taught to do. Yep. And uh, I'll get a response, you know. Yep. And obviously that's not now the case. You know, we try and make outreach as, as tailored as possible. We try and make it so that you're talking to people in the right industry and, and trying to do as much prior research as possible before you reach out to somebody because it's a, it's a much better experience for everybody. Um, but yeah, that was certainly a classic move that I um, <laughs> that I made. Uh, other mistakes, I think, more recently. <clears throat> excuse me. Now that Wow is in a position where we are, you know, four years down the track, uh, well, four and a half years now, we're we're very fortunate to be able to work with the clients that we have, and we're also fortunate to be able to choose who we work with. Um, when I first started in recruitment, it was very much like you just work with whatever comes your way. Um, and I think it's a real strength to be able to say no to business and be in a situation where you can say no to business. And that's been a real, a real game changer for, for me. Um, and not just, you know, having this master and slave relationship. It's like, we're two equals here. It's not, you know, I, you know, run around like a headless chicken and you kind of bark all the orders. You, you need to, you need to be on a level playing field. And that's something that I've kind of developed over maybe the last kind of six months to a year. And I think that's been one of the most fundamental things that's, um, that's really helped my development as a recruiter. And it just makes your job a million times more, more enjoyable for everybody. I really find. Yeah. Now that, that, that is, that is a really good answer. And, you know, I, I come, I came from a big agency as well. And like, that was my experience as well. It was, it was never a case of always being able to choose who you work with or being able to kind of go, you know what, this is something I feel comfortable with, or this is something I don't want to do. That's not always the case. You And I, and I think working at WOW Recruitment as well, that, that has been very, very much my experience as well, being able to actually work on the people side of things and actually being able to choose who I want to work with and, and making sure that the relationships that we harbor are actually good relationships. And yes, like you said, it is definitely not that master slave sort of dynamic, which I think makes such a huge difference. I mean, at the end of the day, when, when I jumped into recruitment, I remember people used to always talk about KPIs and talk about, you know, quality over quantity and stuff, but it is, it's very rarely like stressed how much, you know, actually managing those relationships and actually working under circumstances that suit you best are actually what what brings out those results at the end of the day, right? Yeah, very much. Hundred percent. So. And I think also, like, to get to that stage, you kind of have to go through the I work for anybody and everything, especially when you first start, you know, because you just yeah, yeah. you just don't know. You don't have that. You don't have that industry experience. You just get excited because you get a job on. Yeah. Um, you just you know you're excited to add value. You're excited to bring your candidates over to the client and. I do think that 
you get into that trap and you and there you know there are that not every client is the same they're all they're all different they all have different needs and the more experience you get and the more confident you get as well because confidence is such a huge part of it um the more you can like i say pick and pick and choose how you work together and and you don't have to settle for you know like a substandard arrangement yep absolutely absolutely Look, I was I was going to talk about some of the some of the mistakes, and I, I just feel like you know I'm going to move move away from from that area. Um, what do you think has been one of the toughest lessons or one of the biggest failures you've you've sort of experienced in in the recruitment industry? The toughest lesson. That's a real good question. Um, the toughest lesson for me is wanting to be an absolute rock star before I could, you know, before I was ready, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll try, I'll try and give that a bit of context. So what I came from was very transactional door-to-door sales where I'd make multiple sales every day. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, on average day, eight sales on a huge day, maybe 20 sales. And those sales had come, you know, within half an hour of each other at a time. When I got into recruitment, I did actually, I didn't ramp up very quickly at all. I, I struggled a lot, especially my first uh, my first agency role and I just had no concept of time I, w- I just I thought that I'd be able to you know send a couple of resumes and things would just start happening so quickly yeah. and I didn't understand how much time and nurturing of your database and nurturing of your client relationships it is especially when you start in a cold desk I didn't realize how long things took and that's probably the biggest mistake now that I'm a little bit wiser, you know, I've been doing it for four years. If I look at everybody who I know on sort of LinkedIn and through my own personal network who are recruiters, the vast majority of the ones that are doing incredibly well are the ones that have been doing it at least five years, maybe even seven, eight, nine years. They're the ones that have like really honed their niche and really kind of gone an inch wide and a mile deep with their market. And I think that, um, yeah, that was probably the biggest lesson for me um aside from being a generalist and just kind of doing everything and everything just finding what you're doing and and we've kind of gone down that kind of sales and and digital marketing route has kind of happened organically as I've kind of progressed through wow and that's kind of my market now I only really work those two roles so they were probably the two biggest two biggest learnings you asked me something else and I've forgotten what the second part of the question was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I was uh, not kind of covered it, but it was just basically talking about like you know the toughest lesson. I kind of gave you two questions, and you kind of just give me an answer that actually fit into both of those. So well done. Yeah, right. I mean, Fair enough. If, if you're happy, Viv, I'm happy. That's all. That's <laughs> all. That's all, all we're looking for at the end of the day. We yeah. We ourselves <laughs> on recruitment happiness, and that comes from both. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. There you hey, go. Lovely segue that. Every time we do these podcasts and like, even when I'm jumping on LinkedIn, the, these are things that get thrown around a lot. So I wouldn't be doing an episode with you justice if we didn't talk about the unprecedented pandemic or the big resignation or COVID-19, yep. you know, take your pick, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's talk about that because we've both been recruiters through like a pandemic now. And we've seen ups and downs going through 2020 and going through 2021 again very different stories for for from a recruitment perspective but let's let's talk about how you know the pandemic has sort of jumped in and, and changed things for us like what has your experience been with with in terms of recruitment jobs and like the pandemic 
Oh God, well, going back to to March 2020, um, that's when it all kind of was just crazy. Uh, I don't yeah. think I'd experienced anything like that before. I remember I remember sending emails out, you know, just trying to trying to get some some new leads on and getting <laughs> messages back saying like, "Have you are you not watching the news? Do you have no idea what's going on?" Like all this stuff just coming into my inbox. I was like, "God, this is actually really serious." Um, so yeah, that was a challenging time. So those three months of the first lockdown, um, everyone was just really confused, and I was like, you know, I I've not long been here. Uh, I actually got back to Australia in in November 2019, so I was only I was only four months back, just trying to find my feet, and then this all happened. Yeah, and um, the true oh, yeah, pretty, 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 yeah, yeah, that's it. I was like, oh, back to Australia, you know, round two, here we go, you know, beaches <laughs> and all that dreamy stuff. And then it's like, no, Josh, you're just going to sit in your flat and you know work from home and learn how to, you know, be basically a <laughs> a lone wolf. Um, so yeah, I guess that was a little bit scary. Um, I think that we kind of rided the wave. And then we kind of got back into the swing of things in maybe July time. And we started to kind of see people going, okay, cool. We're starting to manage this. And, and then of course we've had the, the situation with the market where there was then, you know, loads of people available in the market, but not many people hiring because there was so much uncertainty. So there was all these people out of work for a short period of time. Yep. And then you fast forward to 12, you know, maybe 18 months after that sort of October, September time this year. And the dynamic has just completely changed. Like it's the complete opposite. There's now jobs everywhere. And, and the amount of, you know, kind of actively looking candidates is, is few and far between. And, and, you know, the amount of passive candidates in the market is now through the roof. So we've literally just gone through two complete polar opposite shifts in, in how the market is in, in just 18 months. So it's been, (laughs) pretty phenomenal really just to kind of witness and experience that yeah um i just think all you can all you can really do in these processes is just kind of fall back on your on your systems and your in your processes and just and just grind through and and eventually it'll come back to fruition right um that's all you can really do just control the controllable and and you can't really worry about anything else no 100 percent. like at the end of the day like a lot of this stuff is out of your hands and out of your control it turns out a pandemic is one of those things. So it turns out we don't actually have people <laughs> control in our hands. Yeah. But you're right in the sense that it, it is so different considering 2020 and considering 2021 where we've been, right? So anyone who's been talking to me about 2022, I'm like, look, we just need to, we just need to take our shoes off, walk in the door very, very quietly, don't attract any attention. And everything's yeah. going to be okay. And that, that's, that's, that's yeah. how I'm looking at 2022, you know? I'm going to go back to what you were talking about, how we're now in a candidate short market. Also, passive candidates are the people who everyone sort of, you know, aims at for, for the recruitment game. And like, you know, headhunting has never been more prevalent as it, as it is today in our industry. Yeah. What do you think some of the challenges we're facing as, as recruitments when you take all of those things into consideration are there's a couple there's plenty of challenges but i guess the the ones that i come up with against frequently is obviously with the only a certain amount of candidates available Mm -hmm. and a lot of opportunity the the candidates are being reached out to a lot in in all different forms whether it's calls or whether it's you know messages on seek or linkedin or, or whatever it might be so it's there's a lot of noise. If I was a candidate at the moment, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the positive is opportunities are coming my way all the time, which is exciting, you know, and I'm excited about that. On the flip side, 
you know, if they're getting a lot of stuff coming through every single day or every week and, and it's all kind of similar things, maybe they'll get a bit desensitized to it and probably just switch off and disengage from, from it completely. So it's about like, I suppose the, the challenging part is trying to cut through the noise and be be attractive and, and have something to offer that is attractive to somebody who is probably not looking that actively in a role. That's probably one of the most challenging parts. The other part is, you know, you've got to educate your clients on how the recruitment process has changed. Companies have to now actually try and sell their business uh, as opposed to, you know, a year ago where it was the other way around. You know, no more of this, like, tell me about yourself and why we should hire you type stuff. It's more like, yeah, you know, this is what we do. I've noticed you've got this taking a more of an effort into getting to know the person and, you know, understanding their background and doing your homework on the candidates. So they're probably the two things, educating the clients on that they've got to kind of shift mentality and make things. I mean, if you look at our clients that, that do well, the, the ones that do the best are the ones that have got really fast hiring processes that are like quick to the mark. They can get three interviews done in about a week. Yeah. Um, and, and when they want to make a decision, they pull the trigger and, and it's game on and they, they make the decision quickly. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that are going to win in this game. On the flip side, you don't want to be the, that one business that just does a 30-minute you know, screen call for quite a technical role and it doesn't do, doesn't do any kind of assessments or anything else. And then they go, yep, yeah, you'll do, let's go. Because that could also have a, a detrimental yeah, yeah. effect in the long run. But if you've got that balance um, and, and I guess trying to educate people that that's how you have to play it at the moment, they're probably the two biggest things I would say. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, bettering people's lives. One of the things I did notice, like, you know, especially when we went through this, this lockdown, you know, like yeah. everyone, we had to start working from home. Right. And I know that you embraced that, that whole working from home model is something that you've done so well with. And I guess, you know, like I've, I've dealt, I, I kind of struggled with it. I like to be in the office and I've, I've seen people who are, who are like, you know, this just doesn't work for me. So, you know, even from a personal standpoint, I just, what do you, what is your advice for people who have to sort of, you know, embrace that model and kind of, you know, work from home? What, what do you think works for you? I think for me, I, I developed quite a fair bit before we went into the second longer lockdown this year, you know, from, was it June, June to October? I think it yeah, was. Um, yeah. So I was already at a point now where I was like pretty competent and like my confidence had gone up and, you know, I'd had some wins and things like that. I think if it had been the year before, I would have found it quite challenging because I wouldn't have had that close knit mentorship to lean on and, and the help as much. Um, so I think it was just good timing by complete fluke yeah. um, that allowed me, you know, to just carry on doing what I'd normally do in, in my, you know, in my flat as opposed to being in the office. Most people, I think most people just, they want to mix, don't they? They don't want to completely disconnect from, from the office. Um, they, want to, they want to be around. And there are little nuances that you'll never get working from home. Like you can get things answered and you can just like bounce off each other so much easier when you're yep. in an environment where you're all together. But on the flip side, you know, it's probably not necessary to be there all the time. Yep. So to, to kind of... I guess to answer the question, I guess it was just uh, like having all your processes and, and systems already set up and ready to go. And, and it, it was kind of just a bit of a fluke, really, that I was just in a situation where I was at the level where I could kind of just run my own thing and, and just get cranking. Um, so I was just I guess I was just a bit lucky, I suppose. In unprecedented um, times, I feel like a little bit of luck is all, all we can ask for, right? 
<laughs> yeah. 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 On on that talk, like I'm just gonna go back. So when I introduced you, I actually talked about your LinkedIn and how you know you 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 have good banter and very witty posts. I'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you to tell me a recruitment joke because I know this is like your forte. <laughs> to, to, to recruit, <laughs> look, I don't I don't know if I've got a recruitment joke. Like, if I look at, I I probably consume an unhealthy amount of content on LinkedIn, and I'm always watching what what people are doing and what they're posting and, and stuff like that. And there's a few names that spring to mind who people are just phenomenal at this whole personal brand recruitment kind of uh, banter, if you want to call it that, um, yep. you know, like Adam, Adam Kerpiak, uh, he's pretty unbelievable. The, the candidate therapist, he's always coming out with memes like Simpson related memes to do with <laughs> recruitment and processes and candidate behavior, client behavior, like those, that stuff. It's, it's everywhere. It's great. It's good for a, for a quick giggle um and then you know there's a couple couple in in oz that i kind of that i find are pretty funny uh people like uh, will mcfee and mitch king uh, they've got pretty pretty big followings and i think their stuff's pretty funny it's also relatable um linkedin's changed a lot it really has. has changed a lot that really the, the facebook police the facebook police this is not <laughs> facebook they're 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 a dying breed um they uh, <laughs> Is people want people want to see that authentic, organic, you know, real you, I guess, um, yeah. and want to kind of get to know you. It's it's a great icebreaker, you know. If yeah. you can put out something that people relate to, that if they see it regularly, they kind of feel like they already know you. Which means if you do make an introduction in the future, or you do have a call, then they'll mm-hmm. go, "Oh yeah, I've been following you on this, and I've seen this, and you know, this helped me with that." And yeah, it's great. It's great for just like just lowering like lowering that barrier I suppose when it's, it's quite icy when you first make a call to somebody you've never spoken to so it just can kind of make that easier um yeah, so yeah I don't have a, I don't have a specific joke uh, it's hard to explain it's hard to it's hard to explain a meme on a podcast this is also very true right? <laughs> you, you know so but yeah there's, there's I, some great stuff out there there is. I, I I was going back to the one you sort of shared like a couple of days ago where we talk about um, about losing your keys, right, and finding your keys, and we yeah. you put you put that into into perspective of of like uh, you know a client and him find trying to find a candidate, where you based where you put it into thing where he's like, all right, I'm looking for my keys. You give him a perfect candidate, and he goes, oh my god, this is hundred percent my keys or the perfect candidate. And he goes, but yeah. I want to see some more keys just in case, right? So when you when you kind yeah. of when you kind of compare them, that kind of just feels like what our industry is like sometimes. Yeah, it is. It is. And that <laughs> and that was stolen from somebody else. I can't remember. So I don't want to, I don't want to take credit for that completely. But I did see it on LinkedIn. I thought it was an interesting way to deal with the uh, we want to see more comparisons objection. So yeah, I am um, yeah, very, very good stuff. Little gems out there all the time. <laughs> All right, so we've we've talked about your LinkedIn and we've got we've got some giggles out of the way. So now I want you to put on your Nostradamus hat and your pull out your crystal ball. What are your predictions for the recruitment industry for 2022? Good question. Okay, well, I mean, if you're going to look at Australia as a whole, yep. Obviously, a couple of days ago, we had a pretty pretty game changing announcement that people with um, working holiday visas and skilled is it TSS visas, they, uh, they're now eligible to fly into the country mm-hmm. after almost two years of not being allowed to fly in. So there's going to be a lot of international um, 
candidates coming in that, are, that is, that's great for a lot of industries. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be getting a lot of interest as soon as they hit soil in uh, in Australia. I was thinking about setting up a little booth at the airport, you know, uh, <laughs> at the arrivals, and just like, oh, while you're here, you know, uh, any of you, any of you guys do digital marketing. I know you've just been on the flight for thirty hours and you're very tired, but let's just talk about your career for a second. But um, no, I think I think we're probably not going to have this big build-up of people like knocking the door down and just flooded into the country. Uh, I do think it's going to be a bit more of a trickle effect. Uh, and as people get more and more confident with international travel again, we'll start to see the numbers increase incrementally over time. Um, so we're probably not going to have all of the problems solved in the next three months. It might take six to nine, 12 months even to get back to where we kind of need to be. But it's a bit of a fresh air. It's a breath of fresh air, should I say. And it's, it's exciting that it's happening because so many, you know, as you know, your clients, my clients and people on LinkedIn, like they're just crying out for for people um, for various different industries. So that's kind of what I think will happen. I do think that the, I guess if you want to call it power shift between candidate and client is, is probably going to sway back towards client towards the end of the year because they're going to start getting more applicants and can be a bit more choosy and picky again. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the next three or three or four months is probably one of the best times uh, to to go and you know explore the market and just see what is available. Yeah. Um, and I think Australia is a particularly unique situation compared to a lot of countries. Definitely. You know, we're one of the last countries to open our borders, so definitely we're in a very captive captive market. You know. Hey, look, I'm I'm thinking about your idea of setting up a booth at the airport, and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad idea because even if somebody gets off a bad flight, like a really long flight, you'd be like, "Hey, man, like I know you've been on this really long flight. I bet you want to be in a really nice hotel with a spa, being nice re- and relaxing. You know what'll what'll pay for that? A really good digital marketing job. And I just happen to know <laughs> to help you get one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it." That's it. And, and, and look, we're, 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 again, we're thinking about their comfort and we're thinking outside of the box. And that is what we do as recruiters, right? We're, we're here, we're here to help That's people it. find, find their path sort of thing. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to talk about the music that you enjoy listening to and what helps you put you in the mood for like, you know, a big day of recruitment work, or if there's different types of genres you listen to for different things during your day, so take it away. All right. Well, look, I've loved, uh, I've always loved music. It's probably my favourite hobby, I would say, if you want to call it that. Um, Absolutely. I am a drummer in my own time. Yep. Um, I've been playing the drums since I was 14 years old. Um, and I guess like, look, music is uh, it's a very powerful thing. You know, some people like art, some people like, uh, you know, movies or like creative or drawing or journaling or whatever it might be. And for me, I think it's music. Um I am a bit of a, a bit of a maximalist, if you like, on one particular genre, uh, which might surprise a few people. But I'm, I've been hugely into like electronic music since I was probably about 12 years old and it kind of developed. And now I'm like a, a bit of a drum and bass connoisseur. That is that is my genre because it's so diverse. And um, so things like, you know, if you're trying to get a lot of work done, you know, putting on some some tunes with no lyrics um, and, uh, and you're just kind of listening to stuff in the background. It's good background noise to help you concentrate. Yep. Um, I used to be like a real indie kid when I was a teenager. So yeah. uh, I used to love like, I'm literally a walking stereotype, you know, English recruiter, likes drum and bass, likes indie music. You know. <laughs> but you were a drummer. There's not many of those. <laughs> I'm a drummer, which makes, which, yeah, which makes me, 
which makes me uh, slightly more uh, interesting. But, I was going to um, say, like, also walking into those initial interviews when you went for your first recruitment jobs and stuff, holding the drumsticks in your hands probably like set you apart from everyone else in the interview room, right? Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, so, yeah just thought I'd bring it along. Before we start the interview, I'll do a little, I'll do a little snare <laughs> segment for you. You know, I'm, uh, I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy that you actually mentioned, you know, the drum and bass part and like, you know, you being passionate about music because I think when even the people who we work with at WOW Recruitment, when they listen to this episode, they're going to be like, oh my God, like Josh listens to drum and bass. We had no idea. And this is We had no idea <laughs> when he sabotages the office playlist. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I was like listening to some uh, Michael Bublé Christmas hits followed by <laughs> some, uh, some, uh, some Pendulum or something. Just, yeah. <laughs> just uh, yeah, a, bit, a bit confused. I, I was actually going to talk about like, you know, music and how, you know, you can listen to stuff in the background and it actually helps you work, work a little better. And um, I read this yeah. on, on online and I've been, I've been doing it for the last couple of months and it's worked really well. So if you're looking for music that isn't distracting, use the scores from video games because they actually, they're actually meant to play in the background without like taking away your attention. Cause when you are playing, yeah. say playing a boss battle or something, if all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I really like this song, and then you die, it doesn't work. So it's actually like the, the music is the music is actually programmed for you to not actually lose concentration and, and to just keep doing what you're doing. So I would yeah, right. I would definitely make make some suggestions and say, you know, if you want to do some work and and find some new music that is outside of the drum and bass era, I'd say listen to some some good video game music praise probably a good one cyberpunk's another another good one now that would be my recommendations for you yeah well put on your list do you know what you know what um i've been i've been listening to a lot of like lo-fi as well recently and that seems to be like all the it seems to be everywhere on the internet like you watch a youtube video it's always got lo-fi on in the background or like it just (laughs) seems to be very 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 good for just you know getting in the zone and getting your admin done i think um that's that's pretty good and uh, I know I say that I'm a bit of a maximalist. I do listen to other stuff, but yeah, you're probably right. I probably need to diversify a little bit. Maybe <laughs> some reggaeton, you know, just completely. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Look, before I let you go, is there any advice you'd like to give anyone who wants to jump into the recruitment industry? As a scene, like think of it from a senior consultant perspective to like people who are normal consultants. Yeah, um, I think the first one is. Just be patient. Um, you do, you just have to you have to try and think in the long term. Uh, I think the most challenging parts about the recruitment are probably going to be in your first two years, and that's normally when we get the drop off. If you look at the you know if you look at the stats, you know most people kind of give it two years and they go cool. I'm you know going to try something else. Um, so I think be very very patient. Um, you know, ask a lot of questions. Try and be coachable as possible. Uh, be a good listener uh you've got to be resilient like things are there's so many things that are out of your control um you know we're dealing with we're dealing with two variables we're not dealing with just a product that stays the same and and one variable we're dealing with two complete variables i think the only other industry that's probably comparable to it would probably be real estate and trying to sell homes because you're obviously dealing with a buyer and a seller um it's kind of very similar for us so you just try not to take your failures to heart um, you know, some people take a long time to get cranking. I took a very, very long time to get cranking in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, you know, just try not to let your failures completely crush you, especially if you are very early on in your, in your career, if you're in your early 20s and you're kind of coming out at uni. 
yeah. I'd say, you know, just be patient. Um, they're probably the main things. Yeah. Um, it'd be, you know, start working on your, finding your market as well, you know, try and find a market that you enjoy, um, which is one thing that I didn't even think about when I first got into it. So try and, you know, think about what you're good at. Do it, you know, maybe do a personality profile, like a disc profile or a Myers-Briggs or whatever you want to do to get a bit of insight and some self-awareness and then try and map those personality traits that you're naturally good at to a market of people that are also quite high in those personality traits. And I think for me, that's why digital marketing has ended up kind of being the market for me because I I do enjoy talking to people, but I also love data and I also love facts and, and things like that. So, and it's kind of the perfect mix of, yep. you know, relationship building and also you know, hard skills, if you like, of actual stuff that you have to understand. So it just kind of happened by default in that way. But if you can figure that out earlier, if you can do that in your first six months rather than waiting four years, then good on you. <laughs> that is that is incredible advice. Thank you so much. You know, I think, um, especially when you're talking about the Maya Briggs and this disc like profiles, I think they're they're really imperative to one finding out your market but also if you use that and then try and make sure that you're working with people who you know you can have a symbiotic relationship with i think that's very important as well because, you know taking like for example wow where all of us are like you know we're all people centric people and that's why we get along so well that is a huge factor to being successful when you first start off because at the end of the day you could do really well but if you're not surrounded by the right people it's just not going to work out in the end sort of thing yeah Thank you for that. But like before I before I let you go, do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything else you'd like to say before before you go? No, I just think I think uh, that was that was that was an enjoyable experience. <laughs> thank you very much. No for, uh, thank you for being here. For, for hosting me and uh, and having me on on your podcast. Um, well, thank you for being some here. Some good questions. And you know, it's it's all about the journey, and I'm glad we took it together. So you know, That's it. this is your That's first it. this is your first podcast, and I'm I'm really happy that I was the person to to take you on that journey. And you know, thank you so much. And to everyone who has actually been listening to the Wow the Huawei podcast, I just want to say thank you. It has been a very very fruitful first season, and obviously we've we've covered a lot of ground in our first season. Like we started off by talking to Erin McCauley from Oz Harvest, and she you know shared her experience coming from a HR background and talking about the amazing work that Oz Harvest does. And then we we talked to Sarah Cox, who is the LGBTQ plus inclusion manager of KPMG. She has like some amazing insight. And then I spoke to Ben Shipley from the Entourage who had amazing insights on how like sales and recruitment go hand in hand. And then obviously we started the podcast by talking to Emily and Dan, who are the co-founders of the WOW recruitment company. And so, you know, it's been a great journey. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened. And, you know, it's been a really great journey. And Josh, once again, thank you so much for being here on the final episode of the first season. I hope we can uh, we can you know continue this conversation in our next season when we're talking a bit more into other conversations and you know there's a lot of fun things that we've got planned and we're strategizing in the background for the next season of the Huawei. So thank you again, Josh. You've been an awesome, awesome person to host on the podcast. Thanks a bit, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Huawei. Please visit our website, 
wowrecruitment.com.au to subscribe to us and to make sure you never miss an episode. If you really enjoyed the episode, please give us a rating on Spotify or on iTunes. Alternatively, please tell a friend about us. That would be doing us a huge favor too. I look forward to joining you here again next month. From all of us here at Wow Recruitment, this is Viv signing off.